0: I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service.
1: We have just spent some time talking about growing up and and maturing. Our theme for the year is from here. In other words, where are we going from here? And... I, I, it was kind of unintentional, but the, the Spirit of God just directed me to Hebrews the sixth chapter. And in Hebrews the sixth chapter it says, um, you know, that we need to not lay again the foundation of repentance from dead works, of, of the doctrines of the laying on of hands and of baptisms, and, you know, it says, and, and let us go on to perfection. And the word perfection there means maturity. Uh, let us go on to maturity. And uh, so, uh, you know, don't look around and, and say, well, I see immaturity, and therefore you shouldn't be preaching. No, no, that's why we need to be preaching on this, because we need to go from here to maturity. So, yes, there, there is there's a lot of immaturity and, and uh, we need to go on to maturity. Well, what is the, the, the goal and the end result of maturity? Well, if you read through there in, in that uh, uh, sixth chapter, it brings us to a, a point of where it says that, that we have tasted of the powers of the age to come. You see, that's where God wants to bring us to because God wants a supernatural entity, a supernatural church in the earth. Praise God. Praise God. And, um, you know, one thing I know for sure is he's going to have what he wants. Praise God. He's going to have what he wants. The only question for us is not, is God going to do this? Is God going to have this? The only question for us is, are we going to be a part of it? You know, are, are we going to follow after Him? Are we going to, to be the holdout? Are we going to be the ones that we, you know, are, are kicking and screaming and refusing to go? But, you know, I... I don't know what just happened, but something happened all of a sudden, and I started getting a, you know, a, a strange thing going on with the. Okay, I think it's gone now. But anyway, um, I was hearing something really weird happening here, and uh, but anyway, we're going to start talking today about the fruit of the spirit. But the over the overall theme of what we're talking about is still. About going on to maturity. It's still about where we're going from here. Praise God. Now, how many know that the fruit of the Spirit is a, uh, an important element in maturity? Praise God. In fact, the uh, that passage in Hebrews, the sixth chapter, it, it talks about this. It says uh, the Apostle Paul uh, who I believe was the writer of Hebrews. But the the author of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says this. He's, he says that I am confident of better things concerning you. And he was talking, right before that, he said that, uh, you know, if we don't produce fruit, but we produce thorns and briars and and this kind of thing, he says, it becomes good for nothing but to be burned. Now, he's not talking about that, you know, if you don't bear fruit for, for the kingdom of God, that you're going to hell. That's not what he's talking about. You could read it that way, but that's not what it's talking about. He's not talking about going to hell. He's talking about your works being burned up. He says, if your works are briars and thorns and, and and this kind of thing. He says, your works are going to be burned up. He says, you, you'll be saved as though by fire. But he says that I'm confident of better things concerning you. And then he says, yes, things that accompany salvation. Now, when he says things that accompany salvation... There, there are some things that just go along with, they follow as a result of salvation. Now, let's not get this backwards. Let's not say these things produce salvation. No, these things are the result of salvation. You know, to, to say that, that they produce salvation And and I talked to you last week, I said this word, uh, uh, accompany, is the Greek word echo. And so you don't get an echo until you have an initial sound. And so you don't get an echo first, you get an echo that follows the sound. So you don't get what accompanies salvation until you have salvation. Praise God. And so we have this, we have been saved, by grace we have been saved through faith, that not of ourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast, praise God, but because we have been saved, now there should be an echo of back as a result of our salvation. There should be a result of our salvation. God didn't save you just so you could stay where you are. He didn't save you just so you could continue on just like you uh, have always been. But salvation should produce fruit in your life. It should produce Something in your life that is that can only be had because you are saved. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Now, the scripture says this in, in Galatians, the fifth chapter. It says, now the works of the flesh are evident. The works of the flesh are evident. And then if we jump down to verse number 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is. Now, why does he call works of the, why does he call the, the produce, what, is, what comes as, as uh, produced from the flesh, why does he call that works and he calls what comes from the Spirit as fruit? What, why does he call you know, works here, but fruit here? Because fruit, is, is something that comes as a result of the fact that you are connected to the vine. And in reality, it is the vine. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. And he says that, that it, without me, you can do nothing. So he said, if you're not connected to the vine... You can do nothing. So the fruit comes as a result of the fact that we are connected to the vine. Praise God. But he says the works of the flesh are evident. Now, let's look and see what these works of the flesh are. Because I I really think we might find some of you in here. Uh. You know, so I want you to, you see, people like to scream this all the time. Well, we're not supposed to judge. Well, we're told to judge ourselves. Right. All right? right? Now, in fact, if, if that's a whole other sermon but that we could go into, but we don't have time today. But, uh, you know, That's that's just a dumb statement that that should never be made out of the mouth of a Christian. Well, you shouldn't judge. You shouldn't judge. Well, because there's some things you have to judge. But the question is, how do you judge? How do you judge? Righteous judge. See, if you're judging with only half the information, that's, that's not righteous judgment. If you're judging when you don't know the whole story, If you're judging when you know, sometimes if if you look at the person next to you that, uh, not the person you came with, you probably know more about them. But if you look at somebody uh, sitting across the aisle from you or somebody behind you or in front of you or whatever, and you look at them, you probably don't know what went on in their life this morning. You don't know what they're dealing with Today. You don't know what they carried in here with the with, with the expectation that they were going to lay this at the feet of Jesus and leave it there. You know, you don't know who had to fight with their spouse just to be able to come this morning. You don't know who was up with a with a sick baby all night. You don't know who Uh, just has been physically exhausted all week because of all the things that they've been going through. But they made the effort to get up and come to church. And they may not be in a great mood today. And they might have snapped at you when you came in the door and you said hi to them. And they might have said something rude to you but you don't know what precipitated that. We're told to judge ourselves. And so here's something we need to understand. The works of the flesh are evident. Now, we're going to find some of you in here. So I want you to look at yourself and see, is this me? The works of the flesh are evident, which are? Adultery, well, you know if you did that. Fornication, some people say, well, what's, what's the difference? Well, fornication includes adultery, but adultery does not include fornication. All right, adultery is, is, uh, uh, involves married people that are not married to each other, okay? All right, but fornication, is, is, it is the Greek word porneo, which is where we get our word pornography. And so, uh, you know, Jesus said this. He said, if you look at a woman and lust after her, you have committed adultery with her already in your heart. Wow. So, you know, well, I haven't ever committed adultery. Well, when we define it like that, do you, is your answer still the same? You know? Uh, uncleanness. Uncleanness. Now, that is, a, that is a word that just refers to any unbridled sexual behavior. Un- uncleanness and uh, any kind of sexual immorality let me say it that way um, lewdness well that that is that's really uncontrolled unbridled sexual behavior is what that's referring to um, then he goes on now, now the reason the reason I, I made the little comment about you don't know what's going on with the person next to you and the person behind you and the person across from you. You don't know what what they deal with in their life. But see, here's the deal. There are a lot of things that can be hidden from people. There are a lot of things that you can cover up. But... When it comes right down to it, you know the answer here. You know the answer to this. Now, here he says, um, the works of the flesh are evident, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. Now, some of you, let me just say this. I'm going to be very as gentle as I can about how to say this. It's got to be said, but I'm going to try to be gentle about it, okay? Understand this. If you have adopted a sexual identity that God didn't say about you, here we go. Lewdness, unbridled sexual behavior. You see, there are some things that God said that he created, and there are some things that people say, people say, I think he's okay with. Two different things. Two different things. Now, I don't think I need to be more descriptive than that this morning, you know what I'm talking about. If you've adopted a sexual identity that God didn't say, then you fall into this category. All right. Now we're identifying some works of the flesh. And let me just say, if you're doing every single one of these, I still love you. All right. You're doing every one of them. I still love you. Jesus still loves you. Jesus still went to the cross for you. But he didn't go to the cross so you could do this without guilt. Jesus went to the cross to deliver you from it. Praise God. Not so you could continue in it without being, without feeling guilty. Now, and if you never want to change, if you say, Pastor, I hate you right now, you, you know, I'm, I'm really mad at you right now, you know, I, you're way off base, we, if you believe that, I still love you, praise God, praise God, but would I love you if I saw you in something that was detrimental to your life? but I said nothing about it. If I, if I see you about to get run over by a car and I don't scream at you, well, I wouldn't want to offend them. Do I really love you? Don't think so. All right, so, so sometimes there has to be some things that are said. You say, well, well Pastor, I thought you were preaching grace. Well, this is grace. I mean, this is as grace as you can get. God loves you even when you do all the things that he said don't do, he still loves you. Praise God. And he wants to help you overcome it. Praise God. Praise God. But he can't just, we we can't just leave you in that condition because that's not why you were saved. You were saved for, as the writer of Hebrews said, we are confident of things that are better for you, things that accompany salvation. I didn't even say you weren't saved. I didn't say that. You weren't saved because of your works. You were saved because of Jesus' work. Praise God. Praise God. But I'm saying there is a better life for you. There is a better life for us as a church than what we've been experiencing. Praise God. There is a better place in God that he wants to bring us to. And if we want to get there, then we're going to have to suck it up and deal with the tough stuff. Praise God. Praise God. Now, we've been endeavoring to establish this fact that your salvation is not of works, but is by grace. We've been endeavoring for 10 years to establish that. And we have to get that down. That's got to be well established. Because if we don't get that then we're never going to get to maturity. Praise God. Because that's elementary. Hallelujah. Now, he goes on. He says, idolatry. Hmm. Well, I don't have any idols. Are you sure? Are you sure you don't have any idols? Do you have things that take the place of God? Do you have things that you set up higher than God? Well, no, no, no. But, but what about, you know, things that keep you away from God? Isn't that, isn't that idolatry, something that's taken the place that belongs to God? Sorcery sorcery well that's witchcraft essentially oh well okay i'm i'm good on that one you know i've never dabbled in witchcraft um are you sure because the bible says that jealousy is as the sin of witchcraft did we just get a bunch more people right there Um, hatred, hatred, contentions. This is things going on between you and another person. You know, I think one of the most sad things that could ever happen is for somebody to walk out of church because of something somebody else in the church did. That's, that's contentions. Contentions, um, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. Well, you know, I kind of have a problem with my temper sometimes. Now, we're, we're going see where we're going here is we're going to get over into the fruit of the spirit. But he's saying that the works of the flesh are evident. They show the fact is that most people know this stuff about you its going on in your life. Most people know it because it's evident. All right? And then he goes on and he says, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, also, as I told you, in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, you can read that and and we could preach that means that if you got any of these things going on in your life, then you're going to hell. Well, that would get most of you I would I would have to say that if that's true, most of you're going to hell. Now, that's not what I believe, but if we were to preach it from that perspective, that's what we would have to conclude. But here's the thing. When he says that you will not inherit the kingdom of God, he's saying you won't ever get to the point of perfection and maturity. You will never grow up to that point. You will never begin to function and operate in the powers of the age to come, which is where God wants to bring us to. And if you don't get these things right, if you don't get this junk out of your life, you are not going to move on and grow in Christ to the point that you could. You're not going to begin to experience The the good things that God has available to you, I'm telling you, God has amazing things for you. Praise God. But there are some things that you need to deal with, that you need to face up to. Now, I'm not saying that that if uh, you know if you make a mistake and you fall in, you know, you you blow up and you get mad one day, you know, outbursts of wrath. If you if something happens and you just blow up and 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 go into a, a crazy raging fit and you know and you just really show off. I'm not saying that that's what you are. Here's what I'm saying is that there needs to be something on the inside of you that says that is not who I am. I need to be better than that now if you have the if that is your heart if you know if we have brought you under condemnation this morning that's not what we intended to do that that was not my purpose was not to bring you under condemnation but my purpose is to show you that there are things in your life that need to be fixed praise God And there are things in your life that you need to... See, here's the deal. If you don't want to change, Holy Spirit won't help you change. It's not that He don't want to. It's that He can't help you change if you don't want to change. But if there is a desire in your heart to change and to be more like Christ, See, the objective is that we grow up into Christ. And if there is no desire to grow up into Christ, then the Holy Spirit can't just take you and, you know, you're going to grow up into Christ. No, he will leave you right where you're at as long as you're willing to stay there. But when you decide... I am better than that because of Christ in me. It is not who I am to be jealous. It is not who I am to be an adulterer. It is not who I am to be a drunkard. It is not who I am. I am not these things. And because I am not these things, I am unwilling to settle for being right here. And when you make that decision, Holy Spirit jumps on that and helps you to begin to bear the fruit. Praise God. Praise God. The fruit of the Spirit. It is because of the spirit of God on the inside of you because you are connected to the vine and his life begins to be lived through you. And as his life begins to be lived through you, you begin to change. Now, you're not working hard to change. I'm not saying you got to work harder. That's what law says. That's what religion says. You got to work harder. But here's what you need to change your mind. Now, we've talked about the word repentance that often, most of the time in Scripture, it's not even talking about repenting of your sins. It's talking about changing your mind about something. Praise God. Now, sometimes if you need to change your mind about sin, if, you, if you're thinking sin is okay, yeah, you need to repent of your sins. You need to change your mind about what you're thinking about sin. You think, well, it's just all right, it doesn't matter anymore, you need to repent of your sins. But, you know, the way repentance has been preached is you got to turn from your sins and stop sinning. That's not what, the way the Bible teaches that. The Bible teaches you got to change your mind about it. You see, and the person who has not repented of their sins is the person who doesn't want to change has no desire to change. But the person who has repented of their sins says, this is not what Jesus looks like in me. And because of that, Holy Spirit, I am asking you to help me to change, praise God, and he will begin to change your desires, but he can't change anything you don't want to change. Because you are the person who is in control of you. You see, Holy Spirit doesn't work that way. Demonic spirits work that way. They'll take over an individual and make them do things they wouldn't ordinarily do. uh, Demonic spirits will take over an individual and begin to dominate and control their life in such a way they can't get free from it. But Holy Spirit doesn't work that way. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, not bondage. Praise God. So if He is going to defend your liberty, and He will, He will defend your right to sin if you want to sin. Now, he'll try to convince you that you should not. But if you insist on it, he will defend your right to live in sin if you want to. But praise God, that is not who you are. That is not who you are. I am confident of better things concerning you. I am confident of things that accompany salvation. Praise God. Things that are the result of the fact that you have been saved. Praise God. Praise God. Now, he goes on and he says, but the fruit of the Spirit. Now, do you ever see a a fruit tree trying to bear fruit? Fruit tree just bears fruit because it's a fruit tree. Praise God. Apple tree bears apples because it is specifically an apple tree. Just because that's what it is. Praise God. And the fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit is on the inside of you. And the, the fruit of the Spirit is something that is born naturally. You, you Christians say this all the time. Well, in the natural, and what they mean is in the flesh. But you realize that being in the flesh is not natural for a believer. You realize that if, if you are a believer, it is very unnatural for you to live according to the flesh. You're going against nature when you're living according to the flesh. Your nature is the nature, the life and nature of God. We might become partakers of of His divine nature. Praise God. That's what you have been called to. Praise God. Praise God. Now, let's go back. I, I jumped all the way to the end of my notes to start today. That doesn't mean I'm quitting right now. It doesn't mean I'm finished right now. No, we're going back to the beginning right now. Praise God. John chapter 15. Verse number one says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So say with me, say, I want to bear more fruit. Praise God. And I don't care where you are in your fruit bearing process, praise God, you can always want to bear more fruit. There should never come a time in your life when you said, I bore all the fruit I want to bear. You know? No, I want to bear more fruit. He says that, the, and what that means is, he says the, that, that the Father prunes you so you can bear fruit more fruit, praise God, because he's glorified when you bear much fruit. Now, when he says he's going to prune you, he said he's going to correct you, and he's going to take away things that, that are hindrances to you bearing more fruit. Praise God. Get this straight. Say, God is not out to destroy me. He doesn't want to hurt me. He wants to bless me. He wants me to bear more fruit. Praise God. So he wants to bring you to this place where you can bear more fruit. But sometimes he's got to get some of these issues dealt with in your life so that you can bear more fruit. Now, I'm just going to make up one here, all right, just, just so you understand what I'm talking about. If you go to work every day and you just blow off and, and go into a raging cussing fit, cussing out your coworkers and, 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 and all this stuff. Do you think that you, at the end of the day, will then be able to turn around and lead them to Jesus? Not likely. So do you think that if God wants you to bear more fruit, do you think he might deal with that issue of anger You see, because that has become a hindrance to fruit, He wants you to bear. So He's be going be to begin to deal with that issue. So you might need to repent of. Well, you know, I think I can. I think I can do with that. I heard. I heard a whole lot of Christians talking a whole lot worse than I do. Well, that might be true. That might be true. But what you did was you just said, Father, don't prune me. Prune them first. God will take care of them. You take care of you. Praise God. He will prune you. He will deal with the issue in your life with you. He'll deal with them with them. So we always want to get involved in everybody else's discipline. You know, now how many of you, when you were a kid, and and your sibling was being um, corrected, we might say, and, and having the the rod of correction administered in their life, you know. How many of you, your parents let you help? Nobody. Nobody. Why? The same reason God doesn't let you help in somebody else's discipline. You get involved in your discipline and God will deal with them. He will discipline them. You know, anybody have an older sibling that wanted to be your disciplinarian? You know, I I bet we could have several hands on that one. You had an older sibling that wanted to become your disciplinarian. Well, see, sometimes God has that. He's got children that want to be the disciplinarian for somebody else. But that's not the way it works. God's the parent here. God's the father here. God will deal with the discipline. Praise God. You just need to concern yourself with where your discipline is concerned. Praise God. Now, he says that, that you are already clean, verse 3 because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. And he's, he's saying, let's get this straight here. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Let's say that another way. You are not the vine, you are the branches. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Let's get that straight. Praise God. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. He said, there is going to be fruit that is going to come as a result of the fact that I am in you and you in me, there will be fruit as a result of that. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone abides not in me, he is cast out as a branch, and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Now he said, if you don't abide in me, now he's saying, if you're not connected to me, he's saying, then there is no way you're going to bear any fruit. And then secondly, if you're not connected to me, here, here's the only place I can see that it means that you're not even saved, because you're not in me. You're not connected to me. You're not joined to me. So you're, this is a person that's not even saved. So if you're saved, this, part, this, this phrase right here, this, this statement is not talking about you. If you are a born-again child of God, a born-again believer, he's not talking about you. If you are not in me, if you are not connected to me, if you are not joined to the vine, then you're not saved. Praise God. Now, in verse number seven, he says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Now, remember we said he wants to bring you to the place where you are um, operating in the powers of the age to come. Now, here's what this sounds like, doesn't it? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Praise God. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so you will be my disciples. Praise God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 He says for we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus sake that the life of Jesus may be manifest in our mortal flesh. That the life of Jesus may be manifest in our mortal flesh. This is what God wants to bring us to. That the life of Jesus may be manifest. In other words, remember where he said the works of the flesh are evident? He wants to bring us to a place where the life of Jesus is evident. That it shows up. It is manifest in our mortal flesh. Flesh, not when we all get to heaven. How many know that when you all, when we all get to heaven, you won't be in mortal flesh anymore? So he's not talking about one day when we all get to heaven, we'll be like Jesus. No, he wants your the life of Jesus to be manifested in your mortal flesh. Right here, right now. Praise God. This is what God... Is wanting to bring us to. Praise God. Well, you see, until you know, you say, well, Pastor, you haven't been preaching like this in the last, in a long time. Well, there's a reason. The reason is, until you understand that God loves you no matter what, you can't endure preaching like this. Until you know that He loves you no matter what, you can't endure preaching like this. You've got to get that established that God loves you. Now, if, if you're saying, well, I don't like this church anymore, you know, I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but this is where we're going. Praise God. You know, we've got to deal with some things because we're going on to perfection. We're going on to maturity. We're growing up, praise God. Praise God. And yes, I know I haven't been preaching like this because I want you to know that, that God loves you no matter what. Now, I don't know why it took so long for you, to, for some of you to get this because, you know, I've been preaching it for 10 years. And are you recanting all the stuff? No, I'm not recanting anything. Everything i said is God still loves you no matter what you do. He still loves you even if you decide, I don't want to go on to perfection. He still loves you. Does that mean that you're telling us we're all going to hell? No, that's not what I said. It's not what I said. I'm saying that there is more to this walk with the Lord than just not going to hell. Praise God. There is more that God wants you to walk into But we're going to have to suck it up and deal with some things in our life, praise God, if we're going to do that. Praise God. Praise God. And yes, I still love you. And Jesus still loves you. No matter what. But I'm inviting you to go on to perfection with me. Praise God. Well, Pastor, are you saying it's your... No, I'm saying I'm going. I'm going. Are you going? That's the question. Are you going with me? Praise God. Praise God. We're going together. Hallelujah. I'm not telling you to go on. I'm saying let us go on. Let us go on to perfection. Praise God. Praise God. Well, right now, let's let's bring the house lights down. First of all, if you have never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you can't go another step until you do that. That is the entry point. That is how we get started. Praise God. By receiving Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Jesus went to a cross for you. He bore all of your sins in His body so that you, having died to sin, might live unto righteousness. Praise God. And if you believe what he did for you, that he paid for your sins at the cross, if you believe that, and you are willing to acknowledge him as your personal Lord and Savior, and acknowledge the fact that God raised him from the dead, in an instant time, you, can be born again. You can become a child of God. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I want you, we we brought down the house lights and we do this for a reason. I want you to be able to to lift your hand without feeling self-conscious because this has nothing to do with the person sitting next to you. It has to do with you. Praise God. But if you've never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, Right where you are. I want you to just, just, just hold your hand up. You don't even have to stick it way up. Just, just, God can see it. You can do this. You can do this number if you want. That's okay. But God sees, this. He sees the indication of what you're, that, that you want to be saved. He won't save you if you don't want to be saved. But if you want to be saved, if you've never been saved, Never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Now, I, I want you to examine yourself right now. Maybe you say, well, I've been coming to church here for a long time, and, and I, I thought that, that that made me good with God. Well, it just wouldn't be the truth if I told you that. So I don't care if you've been coming to church here since we started 30 years ago. If you've never received Jesus as your Savior, and if you're still trying to get to heaven on the basis of your good works, and you're being a church member, and you're coming to church all the time, and maybe you're here in this room, maybe you're watching online, maybe you're one of our regulars that's not quite so regular, maybe you're watching online because, well, I didn't feel like coming to church this morning, I just don't want to come to church this morning. Well, you know... I watch online. I'm glad you're watching. I'll put it that way. I'm glad you're watching. or maybe you're somewhere halfway around the world and you don't have a church to go to. This is for you too. Praise God. That's the primary reason why we do what we do with with broadcast. Praise God because there are people all over this world that they don't have the opportunity to to sit in church. Praise God. And so wherever you may be, wherever you may be, I want you to just uh, some way lift up your hand high enough for God to see it. That's not hard. Praise God. And then I want you to say this prayer with me. And when we get to the end of this prayer, and if you say amen at the end, of if you don't mean what you just prayed, don't say amen. But if we get to the end of this and we say amen, then you say amen. Because that means so be it. Praise God. So let's pray this together. I want everyone to pray this. Say, God in heaven, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. That he paid the penalty for all of my sins raised him from the dead so I could have new life today I put my trust in what Jesus did that it was enough to save me Jesus I invite you into my life to be my Lord thank you for saving me And here we go